Think you got what it takes to run a digital agency? Well, these guys do. Get everything you need to know about growing and scaling your business. Tips, advice, stories, and all the good stuff in between. New and exciting. Welcome to the Agency Empires Podcast, hosted by Pat Murphy and Brian Murphy. Hey everybody, Pat Murphy here. This is episode four of Agency Empires. And today we're going to be talking about, should I outsource the work for my agency or should you outsource the work for your agency? And uh, if you guys haven't caught our previous episodes, uh, this is the fourth one. We're throwing out some amazing content. We're going to help you grow and scale your agency. We have my business partner, Brian with us, of course, today. Hey guys, it's Brian. How you doing? Hope everybody's been well. Um, yeah, this is this was a strange topic, huh, Pat? Yeah. You mentioned it. it. He's like, I said, what's the topic for today? He's like, uh, the topic is, should I outsource the work for my agency? And I looked at him, I said, you gotta be kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this is gonna be the most biased, one-sided episode ever right? No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be one huge pitch because um, let's think about this question for a second. Should you outsource the work for your agency, right? So I, when I think about that, I really put it into two categories, right? And category one is you should not outsource if you're in category one. And then in category two, Okay, category two is yes, you should definitely consider outsourcing um, if you're in those different categories. So Pat, you want to kind of just, you know, talk about this a little bit free flow and, you know, because I think, you know, people who shouldn't outsource work, uh, like number one, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, or if you've never done it before, yeah. Um, yeah. because then the expectations are totally off. So I would say, number one, you know, before outsourcing any work, you should definitely do it yourself, whether it's a website project or building a landing page for somebody or running a Facebook ads campaign, uh, because that way you'll have a lot more appreciation and understanding of what goes into the actual uh, campaigns. Right. So I think you should you should definitely have a grasp at least of, of doing, you know, several one or two setups yourself, one or two websites yourself and finding out what your own ideal process is before you even consider it in most cases. Would you agree, Pat? 100%. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like, you know, anything with marketing, right? If you're an agency and I, we, we speak to so many different agencies and a lot of the agencies are, they're either going to be marketing agencies or web agencies. Get some experience, get your feet wet yourself, understand what it's like to generate a Facebook lead for your roofing client, for instance, find out what it's like to generate a lead for your, you know, your real estate client, get your hands dirty and go through the process. So you know what it's like to acquire your first leads. And then you have a better idea of the type of work that's required. And then you can now, you know, outsource that work to possibly a freelancer or a white label agency or something like that. Once you understand that process. Um, second, I think that you shouldn't outsource if the projects that you take on are highly specialized client engagements. 
So I've had conversations in the past where, you know, the prospect, the agency owner in this case, they work for like one client and they do everything in their app. They've positioned them, themselves to where they're doing so many different jobs. They can't outsource it. They can outsource a part of it, right? Um, or for instance, let's say you're that guy that's working on this solo project and you've been working on it for five years, right? You just can't bring somebody else on board uh, to man the wheel. Uh, I think that could be very, very risky. Let me yeah. put it in a different way. So sometimes I'll get um, potential projects and it's, it's like one of those engagements where we are in, inheriting a large site that has been completely customized throughout the years and they've had four, five, six different developers mm -hmm. on it. That type of deal. You kind of want to avoid outsourcing, you know, those types of projects. W would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I do. I agree with you. And just to kind of summarize things, I think, you know, you have to position yourself really to be able to outsource, right? It's not just something that happens where you say, I'm going to outsource this and let's see what happens. And if it, if it goes well, it goes well, which 90% of people do. And it's totally the wrong way to do it. You have to position yourself in order to be able to, to, uh, to outsource. And if you want to do it the other way and grow in house, you have to position yourself to be able to grow in house. Either way, though, you should know what's involved in the actual work. We all know that part. But now, okay, now you, you got to make a decision. Do I position this in house, or do I, or do I, do I go ahead and position my agency in a way where I, where I can outsource? So now you have to weigh the benefits of each, and maybe you end up doing, uh, you know, sort of a hybrid system. Uh, for instance, like us, we have many, many in-house employees, but we also have some contractors. In your case, to be able to scale yourself as a lean agency, um, it's it's always the, the way I've always looked at it is as long as you can free yourself up as that solo entrepreneur and free your time up as that solo entrepreneur, you can scale really quickly. But to add stability to what you're scaling, you might need to now hire in-house. So you go into like a hybrid model. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent, excellent point there. I mean, you've, I've got some excellent questions just out of that, but you're absolutely right. I think it comes down to having options. The more options you can have in business and in life, the better you are, you know? And that's something my dad explained to me. He's like, son, you know, I'm going to give you a bunch of options. It's good to have options, right? And so whether the option is keep it in the house or have a great crew that you can outsource, why not both? ¿Por qué no los dos? right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. So um, th that's basically it, right? So point number one, you shouldn't outsource if you've never done the work before, if you haven't gotten your feet wet, and you shouldn't outsource if you don't have a process, right? And you're not positioned for it, let's say. What could be uh -huh. another scenario? Oh, you shouldn't outsource if you don't have any clients, Oh, that one. Duh. Yeah, I know. I mean, I say duh, but I, but it's, it comes up, right? There's pe people that are, uh, ahead of the eight ball, as you said, as you would say. Yeah. And, and, and listen, that's not totally the case because I'll often speak with, you know, potential customers 
and they'll say, well, Brian, I don't have a project yet, but I'm looking into prospecting, right? And then I'll tell them, hey, I have a, you know, a guide, a sales course for prospecting. And we do things that are sales related, right? Not to ramble off topic, but it's not 100% the case all the time. Let's say you are getting ready to put on a client in the next 30 days or even the next one to three months, you're ramping up your agency. I think it is mm -hmm. a good idea to have your fulfillment secured, to have your production secured, because how can you go to market, right, without knowing um, what the services are, right? So there, there, there needs to be a good case uh, made when it comes to you considering outsourcing, because at the end of the day, we know how important these projects are. Um, it is like pulling teeth, right? Getting agencies to outsource. And a lot of them have been burned in the past, right? Because they've either worked yeah. with freelancers. Um, a lot of them have, you know, look, uh, coronavirus has had a major impact on all these agency, uh, agencies. I've talked to them like every day. And I always hear it. it's like March in March, my business died and we're trying to ramp up back up. So there's a lot of people um, that are in that position right now, but um, you shouldn't outsource. Yeah. If you don't have clients, if you don't yeah. have clients, the only thing you should be doing is um, getting clients and you can watch episode three for that. And uh, the next episode, we're also going to cover some of that. But um, is there anything else, any other reason why you shouldn't outsource? Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's, I mean, those are the, the, what we covered right now are the main things in business. What I've learned is, is a lot of it has to do with positioning. Remember your client, you have to set expectations. Your client expects a, your Facebook ads project that you sign them up for to be done in a week. You know, they want it, they want it delivered they want it out the door they want it running and the faster it runs the faster you can bill and it's a win-win for everybody now many guys uh and again i advise everybody to get their feet wet and do it themselves but very quickly you'll find that you have no time to do anything else right after several clients that you're handling on your own you have no time to do anything else at that time then you know you you want to have you already want to have your fulfillment secure, whether that's in-house or outsourced, one of the two. That has to be discussed, written down, jotted down, put into your, you know, your notebook, your Evernote, wherever you keep your notes and reminders, because that's extremely important. Uh, because setting that client expectation is everything, and 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 that and it's for everybody and. I'm not the first that guy that says it. Everybody says that, right? Customer experience is everything. Well, that's true. It's true in e-commerce. It's true in packaging for products. It's true in the output of your digital marketing service, whether that's web or Facebook ads or Google ads. Yes, you got to get them results, but they got to also be onboarded quickly. They have to receive the right communication. And all these things need to be checked off for you to pass that test, right? So it's a very important thing. You know, should I outsource the work to somebody on Fiverr? Should I upwork, you know, somebody on Upwork? Should I send it to a, a white label agency? Should I, you know, 
try to get it done here in the, you know, in the US? Should I hire somebody out of school? There's all these different, you know, determinations. Now that you guys know that you have to kind of internalize and position yourself to be able to answer that question, should I outsource the work for my agency? And you also, you also know that it's something that you have to do very early on in your agency. You, ha- you must have this prepared. You know, you have to make that decision. Where do I go? How do I outsource? Okay, should I outsource? Let's say yes. Okay, I, I'm outsourcing. What do I do next? And what are those next steps? And if I'm not outsourcing and I'm going to hire in-house, what are those kind of what are those next steps? You know what I mean? Kind of kind of evolve this a little bit. Right, right, exactly. You know, and 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 should I outsource the work? A lot of times has to do with the background of the person, right? If your background is in sales, then the answer is pretty obvious. Yes, you should definitely outsource the work. If you understand that your job is to get as many clients as you can for your business and have as much success as you can, um, then that's great. You're going to need somebody to handle the project fulfillment. And most agencies are just like one or two people that are running it. So there's options, like you said, Pat, as far as you know, getting different resources to help complete the work. Um, what I find, though, that is that the number one thing that everybody has in common, okay, because you're just one person, okay, is you have limited time. And this is the, this is what holds back most agency owners, bar none, is the amount of time that they spend between handling all the different parts of the business. Okay. So think about it. So, um, you've got to do your prospecting. You've got to do your closing. You've got to, uh, handle the development work, right? Whether that involves design, programming, or digital marketing. Okay. Um, you've got to be able to handle the project management and the client support. Yep. So between all of those different things, it's nearly impossible for one person to manage more than a dozen or even two dozen projects. It just can't happen. So, oh, yeah. you know, is a, is a CEO or a COO what, in my opinion, okay, is you need to draw the line in the sand and put down your flag and say, this is where I'm going to command. This is where my business needs me. And you focus on that one thing that you're a superstar at, that you do better than anybody else in the world. And you do that thing, whether it's sales, whether it's building client relationships, whether it's overseeing the production or overseeing the marketing, uh, play to your strength. And then get somebody really good on the same level that can complement you on the other side of the business. I mean, that's, that's what I would say. So generally speaking, it's a timing thing. You don't have time to do all this work. So if it's a timing thing and if you have looked at that company's different line of services or their packages or their pricing, and if you've determined that it's a good fit and it makes sense financially, um, to have this partner that can help you streamline the production, then yeah, that that is a good case um, for outsourcing, I would say. So Sweet. number one is to just you know save time, basically. Awesome, awesome. So Brian, moving on, uh, we've covered tons of, of little mini conversations here, but I want to make things a little bit more interesting. Ideally, 
if I were to ask you and remove all bias whatsoever, um, but if I were to ask you, okay, I'm a one one person agency or a two person agency. It's me and my partner. Uh, we we're we're you know we have several clients now. We're kind of struggling to keep up with everything. I'm outsourcing to a guy I found on Facebook um, some work, and I'm outsourcing some work on Fiverr, and it's it's just becoming really hard to manage. What would you tell that person? What would you tell that? What would be the what would be the best and quickest way to get that person's agency work streamlined so he or she is not stressed ninety nine percent of the day because there's a million things going on aside from trying to get new clients? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, I'd have to be in that person's shoes. Okay. You said no bias. All right. What I really wanted to say, Pat, to that person is is go to my website, www.murphyconsulting.us, because that could be your answer. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. Okay. What I'm going to say yeah. is, but look at your options. Okay. For a second here. So most agencies, when they're looking to grow, right? Let's just say it's those two people and they're, they're hustling, they're putting on clients, they're getting the work done. It's the work is sloppy. The communication sloppy. They got clients who are getting pissed. They need, they need a better system. Okay. Um, what I would say to them is here are your options. So option one is you can put an ad out in the paper. You know, I don't know if you have an office, maybe if you do, maybe it's work from home and hire an employee. Okay. Or a contractor to, to help you out. What is that going to cost you though? Well, the average salary for a web developer, depending on where you're at in the U.S., I mean, that could be a fifty, sixty thousand dollar job, right? Um, same thing with a digital marketer. So, if you've got the capital for that, and if you want to build sure, it now, per year, what is what is that per month? Uh, it's maybe three, four, five thousand dollars. Could be, yeah. depending on what you're looking at, right? Right. So it's it's sizable. So you're going to have to have that overhead every month and bring in those projects. So, but it frees up your time. Okay. So that's option one. Uh, traditionally, right? Grow your business with employees or contractors. Option two is you find um, a freelancer. Okay. So it's the, the employee category and the freelancer category. And with the freelancers, um, you can go to like Upwork where everybody goes and it's just a bidding war. You never know what you're going to get. So finding a good freelancer, and I don't have to tell you this, most of you guys probably already know, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Sometimes, sometimes to find a good freelancer. So there's great freelancers out there, phenomenal, but it's just like a flooded, it's completely flooded. So you never know who's good. You never know what you're going to get. The other downside is sometimes freelancers, like in other countries, uh, you know, uh, third world countries or emerging countries, emerging, I don't know what they call nations. it, emerging yeah. nations, right? Um, you're going to find that the communication is going to have, there's going to be a problem, right? So English is spoken in the United States and it's not really spoken. I mean, it is spoken all over the world, but for somebody in India or somebody in Pakistan or somebody in the Philippines or somebody, in the, you know, Ukraine, it just depends. You might have communication issues um with a freelancer and then you have to liability as well 
Yes, because um, like, for example, uh, if you work with, um, and I've heard this from, from other agency owners, right? That oftentimes, okay, I'm not going to name the country, but people will just say, yes, yes, yes. Can you do this? Yes, I can. And they can't. So like, they're afraid to say no, right? <laughs> so yes, doesn't mean yes. And no, doesn't mean no. So there's, there's, there's huge communication issues. And then there's time zone issues. So there's time zone issues. And then the other point is it's very hard to scale with freelancers, right? Because let's say you get somebody good. Okay, great. They, it, you put them on full time. Okay. Now, now their hours are completely, you know, blocked off. They're, they're, they're filled up with work. Now you got to go find somebody else and train that person to the same standard. So it's very hard to scale. Does that make sense? Right. And then that other person's always constantly looking because they're an independent contractor. They can do whatever they, they, they want. Um, you know, obviously you can have a tight contract, but it's always the, you know, that type of game that you're playing. So, um, I get it. And that, it, you gave me a pretty good answer. I mean, I, if you asked me that same question, you know, what ideally, what would I do if I was in that position and I needed to, scale my agency and I was being out, I was being basically overworked. Um, and I, I, you know, I got to scale, you got to put your focus into sales. I would outsource, I would look at a company to outsource to quite frankly, an agent, a white label agency. And again, not to be biased, we, we do operate a white label agency, but one of the benefits of, of working with a company again is you will not have those reliability issues that you typically have with freelancers because you're working with an actual company that needs to maintain a reputation and stay open. And there's an owner behind that company, just like you, you know, so uh, that's one thing there. And the other thing is the guarantee of good, you know, pretty good communication throughout the process. Now, whether they deliver the goods or not, at the end of the day, in terms of results, that depends on the on the agency that you work with. That like just like anything, right? Uh, who are you working with? Are you getting the results, etc.? But you want to have those 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 things checked off. Is you know communication good? Do they work my hours? You know, can I reach them? Um, and am I getting the results? Uh, aside from that, everything else is just nitpicking. And if you get if you get those things, then you're then you're rolling. So my recommendation would be looking very, very hard at outsourcing to a white label agency that specializes in white labeled Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, web development. And it might not just all come from one company. You might have to use several companies, but have your process secured. So depending on what you decide to sell in your agency, just make sure you have your fulfillment secured, right? It's like if you were selling a product on Amazon, make sure you have the product in stock or you can get it really quickly. Um, same thing with fulfilling digital products. It needs to be done uh, within the expectations, timelines that you've set on your website, on your packages. Customer experience is everything. And that customer experience 
isn't created just because you have communication in place. That customer experience is created throughout that, you know, your journey. Um, because you deliver the work and you do what you're going to say, right? Um, their eyes will light up when they see that website, right? When they see that Facebook campaign going, they see the leads coming in. You, you know when you did a good job, right? And so that that's really what matters is having that end result. But the overall customer experience is is, is everything. But I love the analogy that you mentioned there, Pat. It's, it's kind of like when you order an e-com product and you want to have your fulfillment in place, ready to go, right? When you get your next website order, you want to have somebody who can deliver on that website, who can get you a custom quote on the website, who can give you a flat rate package on that deal. And you want to have them ready to go right away, not in five days. You don't want to be looking for a freelancer or a company when you have the project you want to have that in place before you've even started your prospecting in some cases okay and 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 here's the thing i just don't want to be that type of person either that's chained up to this vicious cycle of having to you know, this repetitive cycle this you know what i mean the repetitive cycle of having to sell digital products and get it fulfilled if you're part of that process if you're directly part of that process you have to overlook it you have to oversee it you know you have to be a part of it but you don't have to do it yourself you know on the other hand pat there's there's too many people that overthink everything and they really stand in their own way they really do you know oh i've been i've been doing fulfillment for uh 5 years i've been doing all my sales i've been doing all my projects right i've heard that and, um, you know, they just stand in their own way. They cannot separate themselves from the actual process. And I think that a lot of it comes from having uh, a, a technician background, right? There was a book that talked about this. It was a really good book. I think it was called the, um, oh, I'll bring it up here in a minute. But it talked about how people, and this is true for a lot of agency owners, they come from a background where they are the employee. They work for somebody else. They were a web developer, they were a marketer, they were a salesperson. And when you make the transition from becoming an employee to becoming a business owner and employing other people, your mentality changes. Okay, so you have to stop seeing things so, you know, one dimensional, let's say. There's many, there's multiple different angles to running a business, right? You've got to make sure it's profitable from the get go. You've yeah. got to make sure you're making money or else what's the point of running a business, right? Um, uh, you've got to make sure that your customers are happy. Um, you've got to make sure that you've got fulfillment in place. You've got to make sure there's so many different things. Um, taxes are getting paid. The books are being done right. You know, so all, all that different stuff. But there's so many different things. It's nearly impossible. And uh, don't put yourself in a vicious cycle. Because I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it a few times with you, Pat, throughout the years where mm -hmm. you're doing, oh, yeah. you've got to do so many, so much stuff. You're just like pulling your hair out. It gets crazy. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. So you have to find a balance. You know, my tip is that you just focus on what you're good at. Bring that to the business. Okay. Every day uh, with enthusiasm, go out there to win. 
Um, but more than that, like Pat, you're the CEO, all the stuff that you've got, that you have to do for our company. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. There's, I mean, there is a lot, there is just a lot of it. And, uh, we put processes and systems in place to handle a lot of this work. I mean, from accounting and finances and billing, uh, you know, how, how many accountants we have three, four accounting people in our, in our office. So, I mean, over the years, it's grown to a point where you need people following up on numbers and stuff to keep things straight. I need to have uh, customer service. I got to have great, you know, programmers and designers and all this stuff. So unless you're prepared to have hire somebody and grow it this way, which is so a way you can do it. Ideally, if, if you ask me what would be my ideal situation for 99% or 90%, I'm not going to say 99%, but like a vast, vast majority of new digital agencies that just want to sell, need to grow their agencies. They want to get to the six figure mark. I would outsource all of that work until you reach six figures. And I would focus on hiring somebody local, close to you for client communications and project management, how you would like you know them to speak with that client. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just my thought process on the ideal, but everybody has their opinion on the, you know, the ideal situation. Actually, but I think let me chime in because what you just said there is what some of the most successful clients using our system, that's how they're set up. They have, uh, you know, either it's them doing all the sales or they have a few people doing the sales, uh, but they always have project managers. Okay. So that part is key. And if it's just you right now, the number one hire you should make is not a web developer. It's not a digital marketer. It's not a technical position. What it really is, it's your project manager slash customer service, customer success person. It's the person that is going to keep your customer happy that's close to you, that knows you, that is going to make you look very good because he or she is going to be on top of that project. So that should be the first hire. Because if you have those two people, oh man, now you're rolling. You can put on 50 accounts between those two people and you could have all of your uh, production work, your work orders, your websites, your landing pages, your Facebook ad campaigns. You could have it all of it outsourced with the right fulfillment team. Um, but buyer beware, okay? Let me bring this up. Uh, in the last year or two, there has been a tremendous explosion of people saying uh, they do white label, okay? And I don't want you to get confused. You really have to look into it because a lot of people will say, hey, I do white label and really they're just, pardon, but they're just a freelancer in disguise, okay? Because if you work with a white label and it's just one person or a small outfit, there's a good chance that they're going to get very busy and they're not going to be able to service you. And what you want is to create a situation of scalability. Now, let me give you an example. We brought on a new customer, okay? Um, this was uh, three months ago. And this customer started with us and he said, we're going to do 20 projects a month. And he actually did it. 
And we planned it all out. We, we executed on the development. Uh, we got it to where the client was comfortable in terms of cost. He was making a lot of money. We're making a lot of money. And that relationship has continued. So that's really what we aim to achieve, right? We want to have a situation where whether you start out with two projects and you need to scale to 20 projects, or if you start with one project, you need to scale to 10, that you can use the same team. That's yeah. very and important. Let me, say that, let me say that again. That's 25 web projects a month. His goal is to do that in a week. So look, we it, it's it's a matter of, for you guys as agency owners, can I flip the switch and get work done? And for the guys fulfilling the work, can they actually get the work done and scale with you? So those are the things you would have to look at when working with um, white label agency partner to work with. Yeah, 100%. It can be an easy choice, but at the same time, it can be a, a tough choice depending on where you're at. Um, the company that you do work with, in, in my opinion, it should be performance-based. My mentality has always been, if I don't do a good job for you, there's a very good chance I'm not going to get another project. And so um, that's not how I operate. I want to make sure that we impress you, that we do a great job for you, and that we earn the repeat business. So I have accounts where you know we do over 100K a year, and for that 100K, that's just on my end. On their end, it's you know two or three times as much right? When you, when you factor in what those profit margins are going to be. Um, but ultimately, Pat's right. Yeah, you can turn on, you can flip the switch if you're with the right company. If you are selling the right service, if you've got your prospecting down, if you understand that you really need to position yourself to look at the chessboard, kind of like from a third person here, and uh, make the right moves, let's say, that's, that's how you should do it. You know, if I were to start uh, an agency, hypothetically, you know, going right after retail customers, that's how I would do it. Strong sales force, strong project management, um, the rest, the fulfillment, I would outsource, right, and get with the right team um, that does have a sizable staff. Now, like in our case, Pat, how many people do we have on our staff right now? It's like 60 plus employees, and then we've got contractors. And then we have contractors on, on top of that. Now, contractors are very, very important to us uh, because they fulfill the role of, of, you know, when we have the, you know, when we have those, an influx of work coming in, which because you can never dictate how much work you have coming in. Some days you've got five projects, other days you've got 10 projects coming in, uh, depending on the volume that you're getting, you have to be able to fill that work equally. So contracts play a very, very important role in the establishment while the our permanent employee gives us uh, a really, really solid foundation. Now, when we work with agency partners, that foundation, that strong foundation that we've been able to develop over the course of 10 years, 10 years, we're able to provide and give that to the agency partners that sign up. You know, they're they're getting that strong, stable team, that foundation, and we're able to scale very, very quickly. Ideally, again, there's a lot of things that I still that I feel like we still need to improve. Obviously, that's part of our process. Uh, but in general, I mean, I you know, this is this is how I want you guys to look at it. You know, very, very simple. The quickest way to make money 
as a new agency, of course, is in my opinion, is outsourcing it to a reputable agency. It's the quickest way for you to scale. You shouldn't really be looking at internal employees until you hit about six figures uh, a month. You know, have that reoccurring, uh, you know, get reoccurring money coming in before you start really expanding your own internal workforce because it gets very, very expensive very, very fast, uh, especially in the United States, stuff like that. If you're getting your um, permanent employees there, but it is necessary, I think, for you to have people there. And it might be the 80-20 rule. You have your eight, you're outsourcing 80% of your work, Facebook ads, Google ads, graphic design, and all that other stuff. And 20% you have in-house. And 20% is, you know, two or three project managers, and they're managing 50 projects for you. And those 50 projects are being fulfilled through a, a digital agency. So now you're going into that hybrid model that I talked about in the very beginning. And I just love that model. That's my favorite model, going the hybrid model, because it just gives you more control. It's not like, let me put all my eggs in one basket. Let me go in-house, get a big-ass loan, and blow this up. <laughs> blow it up, I don't know, in a, in a good way or a bad way, or outsource it and then just pray that everything's going to be okay. I think you go hybrid model. It's the safest. Um, and it's, it's look, it's... There's very, very, very little risk doing it this way. You get a project, you get a down payment. That's when you pay your white label agency. You know that's that's how it how it works. Very, very little risk. If you're if you're in the position to do this in house, obviously what you're going to have to think of is right away benefits, taxes, employees, you know, bonuses, Medicare, Medicare, everything right? You have to think about all those things and it adds up quickly. So I think anybody that's listening to this right now is either in those two categories. And uh, at least you've heard our opinion on, on at least my opinion on, you know, what is the ideal way to go if you're a small agency that is not doing six figures a month. Right. Now on the other end, this is very interesting because, um, especially with the bigger whale accounts, let's say, that we have. These are big companies, right? They've got 30, 40, 50 employees. And usually when they outsource, it's for the lower end engagements, right? The, your basic 10-page website projects, you know, your, your local home service companies, the guys that can't spend, you know, 15, 20 grand for a website, let's say. Um, those are the ones that get outsourced. And typically the higher value, you know, projects, they stay in house and totally understand that. Of course they stay in house because those are your most valuable clients, right? These are the $50,000, $75,000 projects that you're doing in house that you can't mess up. Exactly. You can't afford it. You got to get that. Yep. Exactly. There's a lot less of them, but they're very high value clients. And so those are the ones that you should be spending your time on right? It's, it's, it's the same thing. You don't want to spend most of your time on your, your low value clients. And I hate to say it like that. It sounds mean, you know, you want to treat all your clients, but don't treat them equally. Some clients are more important than others, right? Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, but for every new client, you want to give them 
you know, a great experience. You want to maximize that experience, your first impression, the way you deliver on everything. So that's why it's so important to have, you know, your fulfillment in place. So hopefully that answers the question, should I outsource the work or should I not? Okay. So those are the, those are really the two camps. Um, as far as the ways that you can get the work outsourced, you can do employees, contractors, freelancers, or really the third option, which is going to be with a white label company. If you do work with a white label company, it should be with somebody who has a good reputation, who can show you proof of work, somebody who can show you how they've actually made their clients money, um, somebody who has a system and a process and a team. That's really what you're looking for, and especially great communication. You have to be able to get a hold of them via phone, via email, via support ticket. In our case, we offer all of it. So, um, yeah, I would just say do your research um, when you're thinking about outsourcing because it really can change the entire game. There's a lot of people, especially if you go like on Facebook and you join these groups, um, especially the guys that are doing really well. If you ask them, do you do this work in house or do you outsource it? I bet that you will find that over 50% of those guys doing really well are outsourcing it or they're doing the hybrid model, as Pat says. And um, I got to give you credit, man, because that really is that hybrid model that you talked about is really the way to go, right? So what it is again, it's um, you, you basically uh, get a project, you get a down payment, you scale that, and then you hire a project manager and you outsource the rest. Basically. Exactly. It's like I, it's the 80 20 rule, right? You're out, outsourcing 80%, 20% in house. And then you're, what's in house is your communications. Because what people hear is what they think of your brand. And what they hear is going to come from the people closest to you. Um, so it's, you know, it works out really well. One thing I want to bring up, one thing I want to talk about, I don't want to uh, miss out on this. Brian, talk to him about margins. Margins. Margins are so important because margins are very different depending on how you go about your fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, this is this one is interesting um, because we've been doing our research, of course. You know, we want to know what the margins are uh, with, you know, most white label companies. We want to know what the margins are, you know, if you have employees or if you use freelancers. So the average margin for an agency, like profit margin on a project is anywhere from 30 to 50%. Okay. And that's considered really good profit margins in, in any type of business, honestly. But in the agency business, if you're doing a 50% profit margin, it's considered great. Uh, in our case with Murphy Consulting, our profit margins are at least 100 to 200%. So the retail price and the wholesale price there's a huge difference. So to give you an idea, the average agency um, in the U.S., depending on where you're located, right, the hourly rate is between $100 an hour all the way up to 150 sometimes 200 on the lower end, 75 right? So where we come in is around $30 to $35 an hour. Um, if you want to work on the, pro the margins that you can make with us are very, very good. Basically, uh, you know, two or three times as much um, on any project that we work on together. So there's a huge difference there. 
Um, but do your research on it. There's other white label providers uh, and do your research on those margins because uh, this is a very attractive business model. And the reason why is because you can uh, have a fulfillment company like Murphy Consulting uh, and you can work with them for a minimal overhead of less than $100 a month. You can get on our subscription plan um, if it's the white label reseller. And you can start working with us. You'll have a 60-person team on the back end of it. You'll have onboarding documents to make it easy to get you know, pr- uh, customer data to start a project. So literally, the, there's an entire system there. Um, and it's basically on-demand power that you can tap into, right? So that's the profit margins. The other thing... So what is, what is the profit? What are the profit margins for in-house again? Uh, 30 to 50% profit margins. Mm-hmm. 30 to 50% yeah. profit that's not margins. Average. So that's, some people are going to so do hey, more than that. Some people are going to do less than that, right? So depending on what you're selling, who you're selling to, of course, and yes. all, it, it's all, it's all relative, but, uh, those aren't bad mar- 30 to 50%. Those aren't bad margins, but a hundred to 200%. That's insane. Um, and it's, it's a big opportunity. That is the opportunity that you have that you give yourself when you outsource and uh, like I said, just think of things as like a hybrid model. Again, 80, 80, 20, you know, you, you can 80% of the stuff that you outsource, you're making a hundred to 200% on, right? Now, so there's something else that, that we got to mention here. Um, so like, like what we mentioned, right? The number one reason people will outsource is to save time. But the number two reason, it's to leverage skill sets. Okay, so think about this. Uh, if you are, you know, a one man, two, two, two man, two woman shop, whatever, um, there's only a few services that you're really going to be able to offer, right? In other words, your core competency, what are you really good at? Is it, is it sales funnels? Is it websites? Is it digital marketing? Right. Uh, the other huge benefit, uh, with working with a white label, especially like one, one like ours, where we give you a catalog is that you're able to increase your service offerings. And this is very important. We didn't even talk about it until now. But if you increase your service offerings and you're able to offer not just website development, but also website maintenance and hosting and landing pages and Facebook campaigns and Google Ads campaigns and SEO and social media, if you're able to offer those services to that same business, it means that you now have upsell opportunities. Now you have opportunities to serve the client more because there's nothing worse than being in a position where your customer asks you, hey, can you provide this service to me? And you have to tell them, no, I can't. And then you have to refer it elsewhere. Um, and that's also been a reason for clients signing up is like they said, well, I'm referring all this business outside anyway. Why don't I just do it? I get a lot of sign makers who will sign up because of that. And also um, people who run coaching, um, coaching businesses, because they're always referring it out. They just figured, well, there's there's an opportunity here if I can partner with the right person. So it's leveraging skill sets as well to increase service offerings. And, and for those of you guys who still are unclear about what a white label agency does, essentially a, a white label agency does everything a digital agency does websites, landing pages, handle, they handle paid marketing accounts, 
graphic design. There's agencies that offer more services than other agencies, of course. But the biggest benefit, and Brian mentioned it earlier, one of the biggest benefits is you can now sell what they have, resell what they have, right? Instead of referring that business elsewhere, you can be making an extra thousand, two thousand dollars on that project. You can make an extra five thousand, depends what you sell. But do you have something to sell? Do you have what they want? And like they say, and uh, in advertising, right, it's it's always easier to sell somebody that's already a customer a second time than to acquire a brand new customer. And that holds true in digital marketing. And believe me, you will get asked if you're if you're providing marketing services, you will get asked to do landing pages, you will get asked to do web development. If you're doing web development, you will get asked to do marketing and vice versa. It goes hand in hand. And that's what's so great about this business. There's so many products. There's so many services that businesses need that you can provide. But can you, right? That That's the that's that's what it really boils down to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in my strategy calls that I have with, with new customers who want to sell websites, the number one thing I tell them early on is don't make the same mistake I did. Don't just sell websites. When you sell a website, sir, uh, with all due respect, please try and sell them on an SEO or on a digital marketing campaign. <laughs> please. For, yeah. for your own sake. Because think about it like this. When you're selling a website, that's a one-time you know, payment split up into two payments. If you are selling digital marketing, that is... Re- recurring revenue every single month. So people always ask me the question, well, how can I, how can I get to six figures, right? How can I get to 10K? I mean, 10K isn't really even that impressive. I think we did, we did 10K today, didn't we? So it's, yeah. it, it's not, how do I get to 10K? It's, um, you know, how do I get to 100K, right? And the way you do that is you build on your customer base, you service them on with online marketing, you help generate um, new customers for them, you make your customers win. And you'll win also, it's a very important philosophy. And that's the reason, uh, Pat, why we priced all of our, like our pricing, we priced it so low is because we understood that we want our customers to win. If they win, we will win. And I want them to win even more. Uh, but the same logic applies to your relationship with with your customer. So it's it's very crucial. But that's the number one thing I tell them is like, if you're selling websites, sell the digital marketing, sell them hosting, sell them something else, right? Because there's more opportunity there that you're missing out on, right? It's almost it's, like in the marketing funnels, Pat, what is, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like you have no backend offer after the initial opt-in, right? Like, so here's what you need to do is you always, if somebody says, okay, how do you get to six figures? You sell the shit out of all these services, websites, SEO, you increase the lifetime value of that customer. That customer might come in through a, you know, a, a $1,000 a month ad campaign that you set up for them. But after a year has passed and you look at that client's account, you say, my God, this client spent you know, $12,000 a month, $12,000 total 
on the management fee for the Google ads for me for the last year. But then he's done a website that, and I charge him 5,000 for that. He's done uh, landing pages. I've charged 2,500 per landing page. He's done YouTube ads. And when you look at his statement, then you're like, okay, this customer's done, you know, $50,000 with me this year. We have clients where I look at their account, we're like, okay, over the last two years, this person's done $150,000 with us. Well, that's absolutely amazing, but you can't do that with one sale, or it's very hard to do that with one sale. If, if you're selling a website or a marketing service, you need to keep the relationship going. You need to keep the relationship uh, very positive. You got to deliver results. You got to keep the customer happy. And that customer will start spending money with you faster than they would at their own with their own dentist. You know what I mean? It's like you go, you get a dentist, you go back to your dentist because you feel comfortable with that dentist. And that's your dentist for the next, you know, six to 10 years or, or more. This is the same thing with a marketing company. They could be with your company for the next five to 10 years if you're really, really good. Now, it's very, very hard to be in that situation, it's not very, it's not easy, in other words, right? To be in a situation where you can, you're billing for that long, five to six years, because you have to deliver results. So, my recommendation is get it right the first time, right? Try to avoid the headaches and the mistakes. Listen to what we have to say in this podcast yeah. or not. And <laughs> when you're building the system, you can't build the system with you in it. Okay, when you're building a company, you have to make sure that this company runs without you. If you want to take a vacation, it God forbid, if you get sick, you got to make sure that you have people, that you have the right uh, staff in place, the right partners in place that are going to make the operation run. Okay, whether it's from a sales uh, part of the business or if it's from the project fulfillment slash production part of the business. You want to have all of those systems running and you don't want to get in your own way with it. So uh, in short, you know, we've given you guys the reasons uh, why you shouldn't outsource. OK, and if you fit into that category and you want to go into the category of, you know, can I outsource or maybe I would like to outsource, um, then we've also given you something to think about as well, because there is a very minimal downside. Uh, the only downside is if you get somebody bad, you just don't give them another project. That's it. But when you get somebody good, you're with them for many, many years and you build a, a terrific relationship, right? Uh, like what, you know, the analogy you made with the dentist, right, Pat? So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think Phenomenal. we've covered, you know, a good, good amount of this topic. Yeah. So in short, in conclusion, guys, if you're going to outsource, give us a shot first and then, Look at everybody else later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Get this, to catch us next week, we're going to be talking about generating leads that convert. Very cool topic. Uh, that is going to be for next week's podcast. Like and subscribe. Agency Empires. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Check us out. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Bye. Take care, guys.